Hey, I keep it 100. You know what I'm saying? LZ made me a mug one time that says, uh, that, that just said, Sedano doesn't take any L's. All right? I sure so, did. Yes. For Christmas one year. So there you, is you that. You don't take any L's. I mean, I'm, I, t- I'm more, I feel like I've learned to be a, uh, a better work husband, I feel like, over the years. I like to be right a lot. That's it doesn't mean I don't like exactly. to be right, but I feel like I've been uh, – I, I, I'm willing to disagree, agree to disagree more these days. It doesn't mean <laughs> I don't feel like I'm right. Um, LZ, welcome back. Uh, thanks to Scott Kaplan, of course, as uh, Chris mentioned, but uh, always great to have you back here in the saddle, as Chris said. What kind of – is it a leather saddle? Like what, what kind of saddle are we talking about here? Leather's the only kind I want to be in, my brother. Okay. Fair yes. enough. Fair enough. Uh, yeah. Speaking of leather – Basketball leather will be pounding the hardwood on December 22nd. At least that seems to be the case now. Yeah, we are back. Uh, That's a month away. I know. It's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's crazy. It's, we haven't yeah. even had a parade yet, George. S- six weeks away. Uh, we, we are talking basketball. Less than a month away, perhaps, from uh, training camps. Uh, so here, here's the deal. Um, Woj and Zach Lowe reported this earlier today. I am sure Momo and John spent a lot of time talking about this. Uh, the, they're going to vote on it, but it feels like the straw polls out there say that December 22nd is going to be uh, opening night, and it's going to be your Los Angeles Lakers taking on somebody. Uh, and shortly thereafter, a few days later, it'll be Christmas, and they'll be taking on somebody else in the 2.30 Pacific game. Uh, so there's a lot of stuff. So training camps would start uh, December 1st. Uh, let me backtrack. Obviously, the draft is November 18th. Free agency would start that weekend. Uh, and then, you know, I don't know, 10 days later, camps would open at that point. A 72-game season uh, would be the case. Are you excited? I am. I mean, I want to be excited. I want to. But I'm still trying to process what we just experienced. You know, it's like, you know, it's like going to like an all-you-can-eat buffet. Yeah. And before you even finish all your food, you're going back up to get more. And people say, hey, did you like your food? It's like going, well, I didn't really eat it all, but I yeah. guess so because you're giving it to me. Yeah. And it, I'm, I'm like, I love the league. Love the league. I, I, I just would have liked, you know, a little bit of a break. That's all. <laughs> Not me, man. I want to get right back into it. I want the. I, I feel like we need to ride this Lakers momentum, uh, ride this potential repeat, you know, see what's going to happen with the Clippers, right? I feel like there's just a lot of drama, and to get right back into the drama, I think is perfect. I, I This league is based on storylines and stars, and there's plenty of them. And if you give yourself a chance to breathe too long, then you got to rehash them. They're all fresh in your memory right now. I know they're fresh in my memory, but it just doesn't feel like I've experienced the fullness of the championship yet. <laughs> There's no parade. Yeah. I haven't seen any of the guys that want to chip. Right. Um, but they had a ring ceremony on December 22nd. Oh, sweet Jesus, man. When are we getting drunk? When are we going to be in the streets with our shirts off going, Lakers? Listen, that, I mean, that, that's probably not going to happen uh, unless they repeat, to be honest with you. So, um, I mean, that's just the reality. Now, if they repeat, do you have, like, twice as long a parade? You know what I'm saying? Like, Hell yeah. Yeah, do you just do the – instead of doing the parade down Figueroa, like, where would you start? Like, Bergman, should they start in the valley and just shut down streets and, like, try oh, to come, come downtown, yeah. like, down the 101 or something? You start in, like, Woodland Hills and you make it all the no, way down. No, that's far, dude. I just went to Woodland Hills last week for that pro day. 
Yo, that thing took... I, I live in the South Bay. That took 90 minutes to get there. And there wasn't even a lot... There wasn't even very much traffic, if any, uh, on my way there. And it took almost 90 minutes. I think the I mean, parade should be from... It should be from Minneapolis all the way back to LA. We're going to start from the beginning <laughs> right. and just make it all <laughs> the way down. Laura, Go where's across the, the country. Yeah, exactly. Laura, where should... There's a lot of Laker fans across the country. Laura, where should the parade start? If, if they win back-to-back... Instead of just doing it down Figueroa to the Coliseum or whatever, like they've always done, where should the parade start? I feel like they should do different parades around the city, if that's the case. Mm, that's a good one. I was thinking of the Forum. Oh, yeah. start in Inglewood? Start yeah. in Inglewood. And work all your they way back to it. downtown? Exactly. That's oh, we why. own it, baby. Oh, we own it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so then the Clipper fan could be like, oh, but oh, yeah. Could you imagine, though, having to shut down traffic in this city, though? It's okay. Like from that For that far? It's all good. We can it's do it all good. Day. It's all good. Because what's going to happen is halfway through. See, we start by wearing the 2020 t-shirts. And then halfway through, everybody changes to the 2021, <laughs> 2021? t-shirt. Yeah. yeah, and then we yeah. finished it out. That's right. Right. There you go. Uh, so anyway, so that's the deal. So LZ, you know, in any negotiation, there's a concession, right? Mm-hmm. And the concession was this. So the initial talks, uh, you know, we had discussed that the players are going to have to put some money in escrow. Because for those that don't know, and I don't want to get too far into the details, but basically the owners and players have like a 50-50 split on basketball-related revenue, okay? And to get to that number, because of the loss of games and all the different things that have happened here over the last couple of years due to the pandemic, uh, the players will have to put some money in escrow, much like if you own a house, right? You you get property taxes, right? You got to put, uh, you can put your property taxes in escrow every month. Or you could pay them uh, at the end of the year, right? When they're due. Don't do door number two. That one yeah, that, that's, you know, <laughs> it depends on how, like, you know, not here in California, that's for sure, um, <laughs> because it's pretty expensive. But in other places, maybe people are listening online, um, you know, it's, it may be a little more palatable to do that. But so, but, you know, if you put money in escrow, sometimes, you know, because those, the, the property taxes are uh, divvied up every year, like the, the numbers are always different. So sometimes, you paid enough, and you may have paid excess, and you get some money back, and that may happen to the players. But not, not long story short, the original projections were thirty to forty percent of their salaries in escrow. So the mm. the concession to have the players start on December twenty second as opposed to January eighteenth was okay, eighteen percent. So they keep a lot more money in this case as opposed to what it was projected. So to give you an example, at 18%, LeBron James is putting $7 million of his salary next year in escrow, from 39.2 to 32.2. Kawhi Leonard is putting $6.2 million, from 34.4 to 28.2. Uh, so that that would be the deal. But look, man, the, the fact that you get to keep more of your money in a situation like this because of the collective bargaining agreement, you don't have to blow up the collective bargaining agreement, which would have been bad for players because yep. if there's less revenue coming in, that means salaries are going to re- be reduced. No, listen, it's, without getting too much into the weeds, as you said, during a negotiation, um, concessions are made. And this is a concession, thankfully, that the fans don't have to necessarily experience directly. Correct. So this is something that the players have to work out for themselves, but they have smart people around them. They're smart themselves. They understand how you know economics work. They realize what's been lost starting last year with Daryl Morey and his comments about China. They understand about the ratings. They understand the pandemic. They get all of that. They've worked out something. We don't need to deal with it as a fan base. 
All we have is December 22nd to concentrate on. But what I will say is that I do believe that there still is something to be said about the older players in the league and not having enough time to let their bodies recuperate. And I'm not just talking about LeBron James, though. Obviously, as a Laker fan, he's number one on my concern list. But I'm also talking about the Chris Pauls, the Mellows, like anyone over like 32, 33, they might have wanted an extra three to four weeks just to rest their bodies. And if they don't get that, I don't know how that's going to impact their performance. But the names I just mentioned have been superstars in this league for over 15 years. Right. So, so clearly you want them to be at their best as much as possible. And I'm not quite sure if a December 22nd startup date gives them that. Yeah, I, I mean, I understand all that, but you know what? To quote the great philosopher Ted DiBiase, everybody's got a price, and clearly the NBA players have a price, and it's okay. We don't have to get. We can get back twelve percent of our salary uh, instead of having to put thirty percent in escrow. We're gonna only take eighteen. We'll do it. Um, so that's where we're at. Uh, by the way, there are some Laker rumors, including one started by a Laker player. Uh, about a potential trade. We'll get into that at 4.45. But coming up next, our buddy Ryan Clark, ESPN NFL analyst, Pittsburgh Steeler uh, Super Bowl champion is going to stop by. We'll talk Rams, Raiders, Chargers, and we'll go around the league with him. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Sedan on LZ with you here on 710 ESPN. Don't forget, we're giving away a car. We're registering we, people we, beginning tomorrow. We're doing tomorrow. what? We're doing we're what? We're giving away a, a car. A brand new car? An SUV, as a matter of fact. The Mazda CX-5 Damn. Sport. Uh, so listen to Mason Ireland at three for the phrase that pays, basically. The... Uh, Road trip destination, and then at 5 o'clock, listen for the cue to call, and we will register someone uh, beginning tomorrow. All, and we're going to give away right before Thanksgiving. Uh, speaking of giving thanks, my man, our boy, we love him around here. It's been too long since we talked to him. Ryan Clark, ESPN NFL analyst, Super Bowl champion, joins us here. Now, Ryan, thank you so much for joining us. Now, I, I thought of you yesterday a little bit, uh, and okay. it's why I, I wanted to bring you on today. And I hope you and yours and the family are all doing great. Um, doing great. Good, good to hear. I thought of you yesterday because you're one of the biggest Kobe fans I know. And yesterday was the 24th anniversary of his debut. And I know that, you know, look, there's still a lot of emotions when it comes to Kobe. But, like, when you hear that, that it's 24 years since his debut, like, what comes to mind when you think about your fandom of Kobe Bryant? Uh, The first thing is that I'm extremely old. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Not extremely, Uh, bro. Yeah, the second is that he didn't do that much. Um, you know, I think, though, like, just for me, man, it just tells you how, how quickly time passes. Um, it also tells you you just never know, right? Kobe Bryant was the 13th pick. He, he he was a guy that was traded from one team to another. And even though he was coming out of high school and we, you know, we thought he was great, obviously I thought he was amazing because I was like, this dude's my age and he's kind of like me, you know, he has good grades and, you know, you never know, you never know, know what people will become. You never know what they will become to their sports. You never know what they will become to you. 
And I think it has been amazing that the Dodgers won, that the Lakers won, and it's been so many Kobe Bryant tributes, Kobe Bryant moments, and opportunities for fans like me to see that other people felt the exact same way that I did about Kobe Bryant, man. And so hearing that it's been 24 years since his debut makes me think about the 20 great years, you know, he gave me as a fan. Um, Is there anyone in the NFL um, that you can think of who had a similar path in recent history as Kobe? You know, basketball is just so different. You know, basketball is, is such a different sport. And, I mean, than, than football is. And so if you go to football and you think somebody that played with one organization for that long, you know, you look at a guy like Tom Brady because he's really the only equivalent, but now he's a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. You know, Kobe got to wear those colors his entire career. Like, he, he never changed, he never switched up, and he did it for two decades. And I just don't think that you can do that uh, when it comes to football. And also, you think about how much he won and actually being the greatest player in the world at a certain time. And I think it's just so hard to duplicate that in other sports, man. And so he was, to me, you know, one of a kind as a player, even though obviously a lot that he did was very Michael Jordan-esque, but he was still different in certain mentalities and certain ways he approached the game. Uh, And you just don't see that in football. Ryan Clark joining us here, ESPN NFL analyst, uh, obviously a huge Kobe fan, so I'm glad we were able to chat with him today uh, about that as well. But let's talk some football. Yo, are the Rams good? Like, that, I'm just going to ask you straight up like that. Are they good? Bro, you know Don't what? Pr- I'm confused, too. <laughs> I am confused. Listen, I, I, I go on TV. Uh, you know, I work Monday nights on SVP, and so I go on TV after the Bears game, right, which came after a loss to the San Francisco 49ers. And after the San Francisco 49ers lost, she's like, man, this team's not really as good as you thought they were. And then they come out and they kill the Bears. And you're like, oh, holy cow, Jerry Goff's really good. The run game's good. The offensive line is playing well. The secondary is stacked, moving Jalen Ramsey all around. And then they go to Miami and late as a dud. Now, either Miami is just the best team in the NFC West or the Rams didn't play well at all. And when I was watching that game, what struck me more than anything was they couldn't make an adjustment. Anytime they went one running back in the backfield, four wide receivers or 10 personnel or 11 personnel, or they went to empty, they just blitzed them. That was it. They blitzed them, and it worked every stinking time. And so, to me, this, this, team, is, is not, this team is not schizophrenic. This team is not bipolar in any way. It's, it's a simple thing. When they run the ball, and they run the ball well, this team is really good. When they get away from that, whether they get away from it because you're stopping it or they get away from it because of play calling, which is what much of what we saw Sunday, they're just not as good of a football team. And so I think if you're Sean McVay and you are as intelligent as he is, you have to notice that, understand that, and say the only way we win is one way. Anything outside of that, our team isn't as good because our quarterback isn't as good. I'm going to play a quick game with you because the Rams okay. have five wins. Right, okay. So I'm going to run through the NFC, and I want you to tell us whether or not the Rams are better than this other five-win team. Green Bay. Ooh, no. Chicago. Yes. New Orleans. No. Arizona. Yes. Oh, sound like we're going to the Super Bowl. Thanks, Ryan. 
that felt good. I was expecting way more nose than that. That feels yeah. good. I mean, you didn't ask about Tampa, though. I mean, you know. Well, Tampa's a six-win team. I didn't want to break oh, the rules. Oh, I see. I yeah, see. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Tampa's a six-win team. Yeah. You know what? I think the thing is, the thing is with the Rams, man, they just have a formula, and, and they can't deviate from that. I don't think they have enough special players offensively to deviate from that. You know, right. they, they go as the system goes. And so when, when those days happen where they can stick to what they do well, they win. When you take them off of that, you get them off of that pivot in any way, they're very susceptible. Do you think Ryan and Ryan Clark joining us here, ESPN NFL analyst, Super Bowl champion with the Steelers, uh, friend of the program, the, do you think, like forget about the money for a second. I mean, the money's part of it, right? Um, but with Jared Goff, like, if you asked Les Snead and Sean McVay and those dudes, like, with true serum, uh, you know, lie detector test, if they'd rather have Jared Goff or Justin Herbert, who do you think they'd say? Justin Herbert. I think, I think from, from the very little bit we've seen, everybody would take Justin Herbert. Uh, the measurables are obviously not close. And I think Jared Goff throws a very pretty football, but Justin Herbert can move. He's a bigger, fit, more physical player, stronger arm. Um, and also, too, it's he seemed to adjust to the NFL game, at least from an individual standpoint, without needing pixie dust. Right? Remember, Sean McVay had to come with pixie dust to fix. <laughs> you know, that like, is a great to... way to describe it. I almost feel like Sean McVay is like all of a sudden turns into Tinkerbell and starts spreading things <laughs> around. Yes, dust around. 100%. Yes. He, changed, he changed everything. Remember, we, we didn't think Jared Goff was smart no. because of hard knocks. Yeah. We didn't think he could play because of that first year with Jeff Fisher. Yeah. And so he had to be fixed. Whereas on this team that's not playing very well in Los Angeles, when you look at one dude on the team and you're like, but you know what? That dude can ball. It's their rookie quarterback who wouldn't even be starting if, out for, if, if not for a tragic incident with Tyrod Taylor. And so I think you give him some truth to him. Right now, money aside, which guy you want going forward, everybody in L.A. would take the quarterback that plays for the Chargers. Well, since we're talking about the Chargers, does Anthony Land get a chance to win with Justin Herbert, or is he in trouble? You know, you know how black Twitter works, Elsie. You know, you mm-hmm. can't say anything about other black people on, on the black Twitter. And so, <laughs> not, on your, they, not on your main account. You can do it on the burner account, but not the main <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah, do it on the burner account. <laughs> and, you know, and so after the Saints game, I tweeted, I said, Justin Herbert's going to be a really good quarterback for the next head coach. Lord, no, Uh-oh. Jesus, Uh-oh. disrespectful. Uh-oh, oh no. <laughs> and, and, and I think what people didn't realize was I wasn't actually saying that Anthony Lynn couldn't coach. What I was saying is Anthony Lynn may not get the chance to coach further in Los Angeles. Right. Because when you have a young stud like that, and when you're losing games, after losing games the previous year, and everyone basically being able to blame it on the fact that Philip Rivers couldn't throw the ball to the people in the same colored uniforms. But now you have this young stud playing well. They have a ton of injury. But think about the Denver Bronco game, right? You're up, lose it. Go back to Tampa Bay, people give you a pass because that's Tom Brady. You know, you get the pass maybe because that's Drew Brees. But when you're playing against another young quarterback, you have a commanding lead. You have one of the best young players in, in the league at quarterback for yourselves, and you lose, that's when you're going to start to point to the coach. And the more times that this happens, the more times you say, you know what, we don't play well in situational football. We aren't, we aren't good in the clutch moments of the games. That's a coaching thing. Let's move on. See, can we get this guy, a young quarterback, quote-unquote, guru or a young coach to grow with him? 
how would you best assess the Raiders right now? Man, you know, the, 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 the simple description of the Raiders would be this. The Raiders can beat everybody in the NFL, and everybody in the NFL but the Jets could probably beat them. <laughs> <laughs> so they're mediocre. Yeah, you know, they're kind of like in the middle. You know, when, yeah. when it's, you know, like I could, I could see the Raiders in a head-to-head matchup beating the Los Angeles Rams. You know, like they, they are that good. But I also can see the Rams beating them. They just, they, they go as their quarterback goes, uh, like which I think is, is most teams. When he's daring and when he's courageous and when he wants to go get it and when he uses his legs, man, you start to see some of that Derek Carr that we thought had an opportunity to win the MVP. And then when he does that, this young team gets going. They get fired up. They start moving the ball down the field. And they are hard as hell to stop. And then some weeks you watch them and it's like, ah, they're not that good. You know, so it just, it just all depends. They're a mediocre team. I think a slightly above 500 team could finish with nine wins, but you still don't want them to sneak in and have to play them. They're that type of team. I know that he doesn't play for an L.A. team, but uh, he is from California, and that's Mr. Brady. Um, yeah. <laughs> is he your favorite for MVP for the entirety of his story, the narrative, new team, and the stats? Or are you still thinking maybe Russell no. Wilson or Patrick Mahomes has the inside track still? Yeah, I think I think we want to build that narrative of, oh, my God, look at Brady going over there and, and winning the MVP. He's definitely in the conversation. Um, he's probably going to have, end up having a better year than he had in 2017 um, in which he won it the year Carson got hurt. But, you know, you look at Patrick's number, I think it's like 21-1 and one, touchdown interception. Russ, I think it's like 26-6. and six. And those dudes carry their teams, right? If you take, if you take Russell Wilson – out of Seattle, they, they would just forfeit 16 games. They just say, you know what, I don't want to play because he's that important to him. He's doing that much. And I think the reason we thought the Tampa Bay Buccaneers could be Super Bowl contenders once they got time is because we were like, anyone can move the ball there and win seven games if they throw 30 interceptions. But if you protect the ball, you have a chance for a championship team. And so I think as we build the narrative around his story, also a part of that narrative has to be how ready-made that team was to succeed if you had an above-average quarterback. And he's not only above-average, but he's the GOAT. So I would have him third right now. And the only reason we don't talk about Patrick Mahomes more is because he's compared to Patrick Mahomes. It's the reason LeBron <laughs> can't win MVPs. Yeah. We're like, yeah, like this LeBron is good. But, man, do you remember 2007 LeBron? Holy cow. You know, that's kind of what happens with these guys. Now, I watch First Take every morning, okay, when I get up here mm-hmm. in L.A., and I see you on with Max. Ha- have you gotten Max to finally admit that he said Brady would be done like three years ago? Have you gotten finally to admit he was wrong, Ryan? I did. I, I pressured him into it. I said, bro, you got to do it. And he finally, he finally admitted he was wrong, you know. But then he did, like, his Ivy League thing where he gives you all these statistics, numerical <laughs> analytics, and all this stuff. <laughs> so it kind of, like, drowns out the apology. You know what it is? You know, right, right. Like, I hear you. When you get caught doing something, you're like, I'm sorry that it hurt you, but this is why I did it. You know, so he was <laughs> like that. <laughs> You've been eavesdropping in my house? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it was basically like that, fellas, but he did admit it. And the thing is, 
it's a sound argument. You expect it. I think what we didn't know is that Brady was actually a better GM than Bill Belichick and right. the simple Bill <laughs> Avengers in Tampa Bay. Yeah, no doubt about it. Ryan Clark, Super Bowl champion, friend of the program, ESPN NFL analyst. Catch him on first take on Get Up, uh, you know, on Monday nights with Scott Van Pelt on SportsCenter, everywhere. And thank you, my man, for joining us here. We appreciate it. Stay yes, healthy sir. and stay safe. No problem, man. Have a good one. All right, you take too, care. Brother. There he is. All right. We'll be back in two minutes. Coming up next, USC starting, LZ. Do they have a shot at the college football playoff? We will hear from Clay Helton and Keaton Slovis in two minutes. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Sedato and LZ with you here. Thanks to Ryan Clark for joining us there. Appreciate his time as always. Always. He joined us on the Celebrity Hotline here. Thanks to our friends at Morongo. Play it safe. Good times. LZ... The Pac-12 mm-hmm. gets started this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, Laura, I know we have some Keaton Slovis and Clay Helton sound, if you can find that for me. Um, but there's a number of things at play here. The whole college football season is super weird, uh, obviously, <laughs> because Bobby. everybody started at different times. Um, there's no interconference games, right? You're, you're only playing a set schedule of seven or eight games within your conference. So remember, I mean, you and I are old enough to remember – um, I know that people say that now as like a, like an ironic saying, but literally, you and I are old enough to remember when there was an AP poll and a UPI poll, oh, and all God there was yes. was that, and they voted, and we would put teams in games based on those polls. Um, and even though there is a college football playoff selection committee and there will be a playoff, it's still that, though. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, And more so than ever, or more so since that time, will it be like that, because these teams don't have even schedules, you know? Yeah, I and I just be real with you for a second. Yeah. And real with Laura and real with Greg and if yeah. Ryan is still listening, real with him too and the listeners. Yeah. yeah. Um I still don't give a damn about college football right now because of what you just said. Because everything is so disjointed, because everything is so mixed up and jumbled. Like this isn't baseball, this isn't you know, the NBA, this isn't hockey or even tennis. Like, it is so rando and wild, wild westish right now. Yeah. It just truly feels as if everything is just for entertainment and nothing's really about building a school's legacy or establishing one. Like, it's like, let's just get through this season for... Get the money. You know, get the money, exactly. <laughs> but none of this really matters in the when it comes to, like, championships or... or you know, conference titles or anything like that because everything is so rando right now. Uh, To your point, like, you know I am a big college football guy, but I would say this. This season, because of what you just illustrated, has probably been the season I've watched the least college football to this point. Because it's so disjointed, because it's like, yeah, there's a good game and here and there, but... I feel like because we didn't get normally remember the first month of the season we're getting amazing matchups the first two weeks or three weeks of the season, yeah. And because they're all interconference games, right? Yeah. Like you're getting yeah. the Pac-12 against the Big 12 or whatever the SEC versus the ACC, 
And we're not getting any of that this year. So I think that kind of slowed me down a little bit. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure I'll watch USC play their first game this weekend and I'll watch UCLA and, and whatever. Um, I mean, hell, USC's playing at 9 in the morning. <laughs> uh, out we, were here. Su- we were supposed to see Bama versus USC. Right, and that's not going to happen, so they'll have to reschedule that for another year. Um, yeah, there's just a lot of things, to your point, what, that I haven't seen it uh, as much as I have. But there is still an outside shot, I think, for the Pac-12. And Keaton Slovis was on with Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Zubin this morning and was asked about their chances for the college football playoff. And here's what the USC quarterback said. Again, that's kind of beyond me um, in terms of the decisions that are going to be made. But really, we just have to have to win every game that we're, we're given. And uh, personally, I think we have to win it you know, pretty handedly and, and kind of showcase the, the, the talent we have on this team and, and – uh, what we can do um, on the national stage. But again, um, you know, the committee is going to be the one that decides at the end of the day. And um, really, we just have to control what we can control and, and doing everything we can in those seven games. So, you know, he gave us the straight, you know, the answer of, look, to be honest, I don't think anyone knows. So I think he's, the kid is actually being honest. Normally that sounds evasive, right? Or it's just cliched. But I think because the Pac-12 is the last one to start, the notion is they're probably going to get the short end of the stick here. Yeah, I mean, they, they probably will. Um, but they also were like the last ones to decide to start playing. <laughs> right? Like, I, I, it's just so weird, George. Like, I really want to, like, get passionate about it. And last season I was. But, like, I don't care about the Heisman. Right. You know? It doesn't look like Trevor Lawrence cares about Clemson anymore. Right. Well, he's got COVID. There's that. <laughs> he's so got he, COVID. Yeah, but yeah. now he's like, oh, well, you know, they can barely beat, you know, right. who the hell they just barely Boston beat? College. Boston DJ College. Maybe like uh, the fourth quarter. Right. Yeah. You know, so you're just like, what? Do, what is we doing besides making money? Yeah, it's really, it does feel like that. Um, but I listen, I love the sport. So I want to see it. And, and I think because of the randomness of it, even though I've watched less, I think I'm, I am curious to see because I do think this will be interesting if the Pac-12's late start affects its chances, whether it's USC or Oregon or Arizona State, right, who USC is playing this weekend. And we should try to get Herm on. We should – I should I, – I, you know what? I'll text him um, with you, LZ. We'll, we'll text Herm and see if he'll come on this week. Um, and, it, you know, whether it's any of them, right, like, some, like somebody out of the Pac-12 is usually college football playoff worthy and – if they don't get in, like, what kind of anguish will there be about it, right? Like, what, you know, what will be the outcry because of it? Do you think I, there will be an outcry? I don't think there will be. I think at this stage, true college football fans are really grateful that there's college football. Right. And they recognize that just having play was in and of itself a slight miracle. And I have a hard time believing after you get the miracle done – that now you're going to start getting upset about who's in the Final Four again. Like, Let, let's, let's hear from Clay, from Clay Helton, about this particular topic. Providing us an opportunity in the Pac-12 to be able to present our best resume and, and uh, hopefully uh, one of our football teams comes out of here uh, with an unblemished record and is part of the discussion. Um, and so that's all we can concentrate on is presenting the best resume possible uh, to be part of that discussion. And... Um, we look forward to getting started with that resume this weekend. Yeah, it feels like it's ripe for them to get left out just based on the way that Clay sounds. 
I was and, just going to say, dog, yeah. he didn't have no energy behind it. Yeah. <laughs> he was, yeah. I mean, like Clay's personality is even killed yeah, regardless sure. of the scenario. Yeah. But I mean, you kind of make, you try to make an argument for your confidence to be included in the final four. Right. And you did it about as passionately as I argue for rice cakes for dinner. <laughs> rice cakes are pretty terrible. Unless, it's like, I well, mean, you know, I, I got to eat something. So right. there's, there's yeah. rice cakes. So I guess I'll have that. <laughs> Oh, like God. no one's like that's no there's no fire behind that. Yeah, if Nick yeah. Saban was in a situation, you know what Nick would have been like? Oh, he'd be yelling, screaming, and pounding the podium for sure. He would have said, There is no discussion about the final four until this conference begins to play. Yeah. That's what he would have said. He would have been like, Well, all we can do is what we can do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, hey, coming up next, we've got what you need to know, including a big news in the NBA season and perhaps someone the Dodgers should keep their eye on. And then immediately after that, at 5 o'clock, Kendrick Perkins is going to stop by because the NBA season is going to start here. We'll get his thoughts on everything that's going to boil down and what the Lakers could do in free agency, what the Clippers should do. All that coming up in one minute and 40 seconds. We'll be back in just a moment. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Sedano and LZ with you here. What You Need to Know is brought to you by Morongo. Play it safe, good times. What you need to know is the NBA season is going to happen, LZ. Mm -hmm. Uh, It looks like it's going to go to a final vote, but uh, the straw polls... uh, Listen... It's not Nate Silver telling you, okay? It's us telling you. Uh, no disrespect to our friend Nate Silver. Oh, but he's disrespect a, the hell out of that. That bro. He, he's, he's had a rough couple of days. I ain't uh, been misled like that since playoff P. <laughs> uh, but we are telling you it looks like December 22nd is the case. Why? Because the league made a concession. So it looked like the players were going to have to put 30% of their salary in escrow and now for two years, for two straight seasons, and now it's going to be 18%. So that could be the case. So, LZ, it looks like we'll have the draft, which we already knew, uh, <laughs> on November 18th. Free agency probably that weekend. And then training camps on December 1st and the season on December 22nd. How excited are you? I mean, it's ball. And I'm going to bitch about it now. But as soon as December 22nd comes, you know I'm all in, right? Right. <laughs> so, yeah, so, yeah I'm, I'm, I wish it would have taken longer. It won't, but I'm taking when they give it to me. I'm not going to sit here and whine about it. Okay, fair enough. And then uh, lastly, Trevor Bauer rejects the Reds' offer. Do you think the Dodgers should take a run at him? Yeah, why not? Why not? Actually, the Trevor Bauer should be taking a run at us because we don't need his ass. He needs us. That is true. That's an excellent point. Uh, we got I, starting I, pitching. He he was flirting, right, Greg, with everybody on Twitter not that long ago? <laughs> yeah, during the playoffs, he was being like, oh, San Diego needs a pitcher. Oh, yeah. look at that. The Dodgers <laughs> really got third starter. I like his attitude with that. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Uh, all right, that is, why not? Yeah, that is what you need to know. Uh, presented by Morongo. Play it safe. Good times. Kendrick Perkins is going to join us in 45 seconds. So, Laura, if you want to get him on the phone... Uh, uh, you're listening to KSB in Los Angeles, Sedano and LZ with you. Let me know when Perk is there, and we will chat with him about what is transpiring. Yo, uh, Sedano. Yeah. We're giving away a car, dog. Oh, we are giving away a car. Yes, we are <laughs> giving doing that. away a car. Do you want me to let people know before we get to Perk here in a second? I mean, 
Okay. Real Why quick. don't you tell Perk? Tell Perk we're giving away a car. All right. Perk is joining us here. Kendrick Perkins, ESPN NBA analyst, of course, NBA champion with us here as well. Perk, I'm going to tell you real quick what we're doing here. LZ and I, you know, you, you know, with the holidays are coming up. It's been a rough year. So LZ and I are giving away a car. Culver City Mazda and Sedano and LZ and 710 ESPN and Mason in Ireland are hooking you up. Okay. Here's the deal. You can drive away to new 2021 Mazda CX-5 Sport with a grand, you heard that, $1,000 in the glove compartment. Here's how it works. Listen for the road trip destination of the day each and every day beginning tomorrow, okay, till Thanksgiving. We're going give to away, give away the car before Thanksgiving. So tomorrow at 3 o'clock, be listening or in the 3 o'clock hour. Listen to Mason in Ireland. They'll give you the road trip destination. And then listen for us in the 5 o'clock hour for the cue to call. The seventh caller with the correct road trip destination qualifies for a virtual key that could start that 2021 Mazda CX-5 Sport from Culver City Mazda and your friends here at 710 ESPN. Perk, are you excited that we're giving away a car? I feel like we need to give the people something after this terrible year. Hey, look, I was trying to figure, I was just trying to listen to the details so I can make sure I come in and get, to get the car for my wife or something. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Mrs. Yep. Perk needs it. Could use could use a new vehicle. Nah, That's your sure. Perk. I nah. thought you were going to match us. <laughs> I tell you what, though, that is a, that's a that's a great thing to do right now, especially with the year we just had giving away the giving away a car like that. I'm telling you, it'll make somebody life. Yeah, man. It has been a wild year for sure, uh, and it has been a wild NBA year, Perk. Uh, the season's about to start again, it looks like. Woj and Zach Lowe are reporting uh, that it's going to come down to a vote here pretty soon, and it feels like um, there is a pretty good bet that December 22nd will be the start date for the regular season. We got the draft on November 18th, free agency probably expected that same weekend, and then uh, December 1st training camps. As a guy who played, as a guy who was a champion, who already had short turnarounds, how do you feel about an even shorter turnaround for teams like the Lakers and the Heat and, you know, even the conference final teams like Boston and Denver? Well, look, they knew they knew this would happen when they agreed to go into the bubble. And when you're a hooper, you want to hoop anyway. So, I mean, a lot of basketball players want to hoop year-round, and they hoop a lot in the offseason. So, a quick turnaround. Then we have to realize that it's a job, and it's not all about – the high-end guys. You know, they have a lot of guys that haven't played the game since March. And also, they have they have a lot of guys that depend on their NBA salary. You know, a lot of guys don't have those $200 million shoot deals, you know, that's just sitting around and, and that they can lean on. A lot of these guys depend on their salary and they want to get back to work. And they need to get back to work. Not only the NBA players, but you think about the training staff, the, the athletic staff, all those people that make it happen. These are their everyday dogs. I understand that, and I definitely am a man of the people and want to make sure that the little guy in every way gets what they need. But we just got done playing, dog, like yesterday. <laughs> and LeBron is like going to be 36 in a couple of weeks. Like, I feel as if it's unfair to the final four teams in the NBA who had to be in the bubble for all those months, who just got done playing to turn right back around to be in training camp. What? Listen, they had three months of rest before the bubble. They had three <laughs> months of rest. We had a pandemic before the bubble. Look, when the Players Association decided to agree upon the bubble, they knew it was a strong possibility. It would be a quick turnaround. This is the sacrifice of having a, of going to win the NBA championship. 
look, it's a quick turnaround and you get back to work. It's part of it. So, Perk, you've been around LeBron. Obviously, you were his teammate in Cleveland. Um, you know, a quick turnaround is obviously what everybody's talking about, but you know how that man takes care of his body. Like, how do you expect him to be if we start this season, uh, in, you know, in De- on December 22nd? I expect him to, to do exactly what he's doing right now, working out and, and telling us everything we don't want to hear, like he's going to lean on Anthony Davis. And when the season starts, we're going to be talking about how he's the – how he's in the MVP conversation. Look, George, you know him. You know him like I know him. This guy is a is a workaholic. He's a uh, he he takes no days off. We watched him when he was getting work workout in with his daughter on social media. LeBron knew that this could be a quick turnaround. And one thing I'm not worried about is him being in shape or him playing in early games. And a lot of guys know that it is an honor and a privilege to play on Christmas Day. And Christmas Day is very important to the NBA. So I see LeBron James attacking this season like he did last season. The mission is not complete. Do you think that the team is going to come back the same? And if not, who's the number one person you think will be gone that we actually needed or need? You said what now? I'm sorry, LB. Now, I was just saying, do you think the team that just won the chip is going to come back the exact same way? And if not... Which which player that we utilize you think is going to be gone? To be honest, I think I think the Lakers are going to lose Rondo. I really do. I think the the Lakers are going to land Chris Paul. I think Rondo is going to be with the Clippers, and I think y'all are going to lose playoff Rondo. That's the guy I think that y'all are going to lose this year. Wait, wait. You think they're going to get Chris Paul? Like, you think they're going to make that big a deal? Because the reason – it's interesting you say that because Danny Green was quoted as saying that he thinks he's probably going to be a prime trade target uh, because, you know, that's just the nature of the business. And he does make $15 million. Like, they do have salaries that they could put together. Like, you think that they could be the team that gets Chris Paul in a deal? Yes, George, I do. We all know – how, good, how great of a friend LeBron James and Chris Paul is. Chris Paul has been on record this offseason saying that some of his destinations are the Lakers or in L.A. or with New York. And I think he's going to be a Laker. I'm telling you. I can see it happening right now with him and Sam Presley possibly coming up with a buyout if they can't come together and get a trade done. I, I'm like... 85% sure Chris Paul will be a Laker next year. Now, see, now you messing with us now. <laughs> see, you coming on the show messing with our feelings and our emotions and stuff. No, I'm just keeping it real with you, LB. I'm saying, I'm telling you, look, if it's, if it's smoke, it's fire. I'm telling you that straight up. You know those old people used to say that? Well, if smoke, is fire. And if we hear these rumors and it's leaning towards that way, look, it's a strong possibility that Chris Paul could be with the Los Angeles Lakers. Damn. How many parades can we have in one year? Woo! <laughs> so you telling me, LB, you telling me that if y'all land Chris Paul, that y'all repeat? Man, Chris Paul, I'm already on the three-peat, bro. I done already skipped oh. over the next year. <laughs> Moved on to – because here, here, here's the thing, and – I love me some Rondo. Everybody knows I love me some Rondo. But his offense was touch and go from time to time. 
Chris Paul offense is always there. Always. Always. You ain't never got to worry about whether or not he can knock down that mid-range jumper. And I felt there were stretches when LeBron was on the bench where they were trying to figure out where the offense was going to come from after they've run their set plays that didn't pan out the way they wanted to. I have all the confidence in the world that any set play that doesn't pan out and there's five seconds left on the shot clock, Chris can give me that bucket. I can't argue. I can't argue with you. I mean, look, I'm, I'm with it. I'm with it. I, I deserve. I, I strongly believe that Chris Paul needs to be on the contender. Uh, he's coming up on being on what the age of 36. It's time for him to be able to compete for a championship. So look, the Lakers landing Chris Paul. I'm all in for it. Okay. Hey. There you go. All right. I mean, hell, I have them all in for it, too. Listen, the more stars, the better, I, I would Listen, say. Um, on I'm the start calling you Pastor Perks because you bring nothing but the good news. Oh, of course he does. <laughs> we know that's the case. Uh, so, Perk and Kendrick Perkins with us here, of course, ESPN NBA analyst, friend of the program, uh, an NBA champion with us. So, Perk, on the, on the other side with the Clippers, um, what do you think they need to do there? You mentioned Rondo. You think can end up with the Clippers, but what else? Like, do you think both those guys are there? Like, do you do you keep Paul George and Kawhi and try to run it back with those two? You have to. You have to. And I think you get Rondo because Rondo, he not only does he turn up his individual game in the playoffs, but he has that that thing where he he's able to put that key in guys back, so he will be able to to get the best out of Paul George. I think, you know, that's what Rondo does, and that's what Paul George needs. Rondo going to the Clippers will be everything for Paul George, and I think the Clippers do need to run it back. First, they need to worry about um, if they're going to be able to sign Montrez Harrell. Uh, Ty Lue is going to come in and put his system in. No disrespect to Doc, but he's going to come in and put in a new system, try to take a lot of pressure off Kawhi Leonard because we know he was running the point guard a lot last year. And Lou Will is going to have to step his game up. He was horrible in the in the bubble and in the playoffs. I don't know, you know, if it had anything to do with the lemon pepper wings or whatnot. But he has to bring it. And if I'm the Clippers, I stand packed. I like Big Zubak. I think he's an underrated defender. I actually think he's an underrated center in this league. So you stand packed. You maybe get you maybe sign the Morris twin back. You might let uh, Reggie Jackson go. Uh, and, and find someone else to fill in that void like a Rajon Rondo. But the Clippers really have everything they need. They look, they got rid of Doc Rivers. They hired T. Lou. I was preaching that. It's really championship of us for the Los Angeles Clippers. They have zero excuses coming into this season. Last question for you, Perk. When you look at not the trades but the free agents, and I'm bringing it back to the Lakers because that's what I care about most. <laughs> Who's the one guy you think is willing to take a little bit less money for a chance to run on this train? We've heard rumors about Tristan Thompson. I've got my eyes set on Gallinari. What say you? I like Gallinari. I think I think if the Lakers make a trade, say say if they do make a trade and have to, you know, do something to get Chris Paul with the Oklahoma City Thunder, chances are Kyle Kuzma might be packaged up in that deal. So I'm looking at the Lakers, and Gallinari is a is a perfect fit for, and he complements LeBron James and Anthony Davis very well. And he's on record saying that he wants to play for a championship, saying that he's made the money that he needed to make 
and now it's all about titles. So I'm looking at Gallinari, and he, he's a guy that the Lakers can pick up for low risk and high reward. Kendrick Perkins. Yes, we love him. The man of the people, friend of the show, NBA champion, ESPN NBA analyst. Perk, you are the best, my man. I will talk to you soon, hopefully see you soon on the jump. And uh, thanks again. Stay healthy, stay safe. Thanks, brother. George, I appreciate y'all, my brothers. Thank y'all for having me. And make sure, hey, look, I'm going to tune in to see how I can win that Mazda, all right? Okay, we got you. We got you. We got you. All right, Perk, thanks again. Take care. There he is, Kendrick Perkins with us here on the Celebrity Hotline, presented by Morongo. Play it safe, good times. Ooh, LZ, you and I are going to have to open up these phone lines about this Chris Paul conversation. Yes, I wanted sir. to talk about Mookie Betts and the MVP. We could still yeah. do that a little later, but we need to Mookie open up the rent. phones. You just heard Kendrick Perkins say he thinks Chris Paul is going to be a Laker. 877-710-ESPN. What are your thoughts? 877-710-3776. Laura will take your calls. 